Welcome to Potline Bling. I'm your host, JJ Coombs. My next guest runs the largest cannabis and hemp testing lab in the eastern half of the USA. Roger Brown, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. I'm happy to be here. Happy, wonderful day for us all today. Absolutely. So ACS Labs, man, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the hemp industry. I use you guys all the time. So when did you get started with this? You know, talk to me a little bit about that. Our, our, our lab started actually 13 years ago, okay. uh, almost 14 years ago. And uh, we, we started getting into uh, the cannabis industry in 2016. And we transitioned from doing traditional clinical laboratory testing to um, doing cannabis testing. And uh, we were the first laboratory actually doing testing in the state of Florida. And, uh, and then we transitioned into hemp after the farm bill uh, passed in 2018. So uh, we've grown our business to be quite significant. And we have now a 20,000 square foot uh, laboratory, which is the largest footprint laboratory in the United States. And where we do the most volume on the eastern half of the U.S. And we do 50% of all the marijuana in the state of Florida. And we do hemp from 48 or 50 states. I'm not sure what it is today. And 16 different countries. And, um, you know, we've created a bit of a standard in the industry, especially in the hemp industry, where uh, hemp providers can really depend on the consistency and the reliability of the testing results. Um, we care about our results and make sure that they are correct before sending them out rather than just being a robotic laboratory that just does the test and, and sends it out, whatever the results are. So we take a lot of pride in the work that we do and we enjoy it. Do you guys have any plans on going into other states? Yes, as a matter of fact, we are. Uh, we have plans right now. We're going in. We're looking at five different states, almost six states, and we're trying to work on a different deal uh, for the sixth state, and mostly on the eastern half of the U.S. and um, And then we've also developed all kinds of new products that we test. So we don't just do the standardized testing, which is kind of unique. Uh, about our laboratory because we do all of our own scientific method development and validations. And we have the ability to, to develop tests that are unique to certain clients and uh, also unique to the industry. What, what do you mean by that unique to certain clients? Like, are you talking about specific cannabinoids or? Right now we test, yeah, right now we test for 23 different cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the industry, uh, the, the marijuana industry is so hyper-focused on the level of THC. It's really the wrong way to focus mm -hmm. on marijuana. Um, you should focus on the quality of the marijuana and on the actual product, the terpenes, you know, and the uh, um, other, other, other forms of uh, uh, nutrients in the product. Uh, like flavonoids and, and so forth, rather than just focusing on the THC levels. Because quite frankly, let's be honest here, when people buy marijuana, I would gander a guess that most of the time, whatever the level of THC is that they're buying it at is not real because there are laboratories that are out there that just pump up the level of their THC. And from a hemp uh, perspective, 
uh, there's a lot of different derivatives of hemp products like Delta-8, Delta-10, uh, HHC, uh, THCOA, HHCP. I mean, we're seeing all kinds of blends and mixtures of different hemp products that are out there in the marketplace. And unfortunately, not everybody makes their product the same way. And it's not just a, a CBD product anymore. Uh, there are all these different types of derivatives, which are ma manufactured with some pretty significantly dangerous chemicals. And if you don't wash those chemicals out properly during the process, then you can have a dangerous product for uh, a consumer. So it really comes all the, way, all the way back to on the cannabis side, you know, are you growing it right? Are you selling it right? And are you are you labeling it right? And on the hemp side, is your product clean and safe with all these new derivatives to make sure that it's not dangerous? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's what it really all comes down to in, in, the, in the marketplace. And every single state has different regulations. Florida has the most strict regu regulations in the whole country for marijuana. And for hemp, there's so many different regulations across the whole country like Colorado has the most uh, uh, requirements for pesticides. New York has the weirdest uh, requirements for microbiological testing. So we've developed actually a new uh, testing panel, which we call our national testing panel, which is compliant in every single state, every single state in the country. So when you do this one testing panel, it's compliant in every state. You never have to worry about being pulled off the shelves or being fined or selling a product that's not compliant in any state. So you mentioned, you know, there's labs that will pump up the THC levels. I think that that labs doing that are, are kind of the, 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 the real issue, right? That that's what leads to people wanting 99% THC when they go to the stores, because that's what they see instead of just being honest and saying, Hey, this is an 80, 2% THC and it works just as well. Right. How well, it's, it's more, it's, it's easier and more prevalent in flour actually. So if you buy um, a marijuana flour and it's 30% THC uh, you know, maybe it is 30% THC, maybe it's 20%. The, the only person who loses is the person that's buying either the patient or the consumer. Those are the people that lose. The laboratory that got the business because they pumped up the numbers, they, they, they win. The grower that's selling a product at 30%, that's really 20%, has that incremental margin, they win. And then the patient or the consumer gets the wrong information, pays more, gets less. Mm -hmm. It's That's the person that gets hurt. And, and I deal with that every day, every single day. And from a marijuana perspective, if you're a, a small laboratory that's just starting out, the only way that a small laboratory just starting out can get business is either by dropping their price or pumping up their numbers. Mm -hmm. And some of the customers that are out there, clients, the growers, they want those higher numbers because mm -hmm. it's incremental margin for them. If they want those higher numbers that are not real, those are not our clients. You know, and unfortunately, so we only do 50% of the business in the state of Florida, but I have been approached by growers in Florida 
that say, if your numbers aren't, if your numbers aren't high enough, we're not going to do business with you. Mm-hmm. And these guys giving me more, higher numbers, we're going to do business with them. From a hemp perspective, it's, it's that a hemp grower, producer, manufacturer can take their product and send it to any laboratory they want in the whole country. Mm-hmm. They can send it to three or four different laboratories and then just pick and choose the certificate of analysis that they want mm-hmm. as to what their levels are. And then they could sell it. Uh, so until the government, federal government comes out with some ubiquitous standards to be able to make sure that uh, products are tested the same way across the board, um, you know, it's going or the requirements are the same. It, it's, it's going to be kind of like the wild, wild west in, in the hemp industry. What, what separates us from a lot of the other laboratories is that most of the GMP manufacturers that are out there that are making high volume, high gross volume of product and, and high quality product and are looking ahead to what the regulations might be, um, do most of the testing with us because we allow them to come in and audit us. We allow them to come in and you know you can look at, we're an open book, come in, look at us, audit everything that we do not an issue at all. And they do. And then they use us. I mean, there's, there's a reason why a company in a big company in Colorado uses us or a company in California uses our laboratory when they have a lab right down the corner, right around the block. Mm-hmm. And why would they send to Florida? It's not because we're pumping the numbers up. Our price is competitive, uh, but we just, we're just consistent and reliable. So speaking about that, there's, you know, from personal experience, I've had a lot of issues testing Delta eight, right? You know, you'll see uh, different labs with different numbers. Um, and, you know, in particular, I've seen some with Delta nine and some without Delta nine. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, it, when you do a, a regular potency test for standardization of, let's say 11 cannabinoids, that test is for us, the method is about nine minutes long. So, and then they all the peaks come out at certain levels, certain times, and then it gives you the results. Delta eight and Delta nine overlap each other. Mm -hmm. Instead of being separated like this, they're like a hip and a shoulder to each other. Mm -hmm. So it's very difficult to be able to determine the difference between Delta eight and Delta nine. And some laboratories will say, hey, that's Delta eight. Some will say, hey, it's Delta nine. And, and they won't do it. They won't do it right. So when we do our test for Delta A, when our clients order our test, which we call potency 13 is the name of the test or potency 12, 12 or 13, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's, um, it's a 22 minute long test. So it stretches the uh, chromatogram out so that instead of being like this, a delta eight and delta nine, it's like this. And it's very definitive what's eight and what's not. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the federal government releasing some, you know, method or, or standard uh, way of testing this. Um, I, I, I agree with you that I think that that's something that needs to be done in order to have, you know, uniformity across, across all the labs. Do you, when do you see this happening? I don't see it. I don't see it happening soon. I really don't see it happening soon. And I I don't see it happening soon, both on a hemp side and, and, you know, until marijuana is federally legal, uh, 
I don't see it happening on a, on a marijuana side. So like we have very, very strict regulations in marijuana in Florida and they're the regulators are really, really tight on the laboratories, but yet there are laboratories that are still able to get away with pumping up their THC numbers. And in the only way to be able to fight that is to have a third party laboratory that does a test and compares or to have what I have called for, which is a laboratory consortium where the regulator can go on the shelf with a hemp product or with a marijuana product, pull three products off the shelf. It's all in the same batch number, pull three products off, send them to three different laboratories and get the results. If, if one laboratory gives you the result of 20% and another laboratory gives you a result of 30%, well, I mean, that's 50% difference in, in results of THC. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of ridiculous, but that's what we see every day, every day. I mean, it used to be years ago, people would laugh about marijuana in Oregon. You know, all the, all the Oregon marijuana must be the best grown marijuana in the whole country because everything was 35, 40% THC. Well, I got news for you. It wasn't. (laughs) It just wasn't. So, I mean, it's like, that's, that's what, that's the kind of stuff that we see in different places. So like today, when you take a hemp product and you uh, um, extract out the Delta eight, and then you take the Delta eight and you um, uh, uh, change it, convert it, using uh, like acetic anhydride, which is a dangerous chemical and you, and you make THCOA or you make eight, you know, HHC by hydronating it. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a change of the chemical structure of the product. It does make a psychoactive product that is sold and, you know, legally sold uh, as psychoactive product. But those producers that are, you know, fast and furious and, you know, making the product and not making, not making sure that everything is clean out of the product are actually selling products that could be quite dangerous to the customer. You know, if you're, you're consuming these dangerous chemicals, these residual solvents uh, that are there, it, it could really hurt you to significantly, especially if you're smoking it, you're inhaling it. Do you guys have a way of testing for those, um, catalysts or solvents like you know let's say hhc you know you hydrogenate i mean is is you know what would be dangerous there there it all depends on the on the method that they use uh to be able to manufacture the product but yes we test for uh 20 24 different residual solvents uh we also for thcoa we test for acetic anhydride uh which is used to be able to manufacture that product so we test for all of those residual solvents and do it. But, you know, somebody who's to end for HHC, we test for, uh, you know, four different uh, isomers. You know, we test for uh, uh, 9, 9R, 9S, 9B, and HHCP, mm-hmm. which is a combination of THCP and HHC. There's a lot of letters, but, um, but you understand what I'm talking about. But it's... It, but either way, it's dangerous if they didn't clean it out. So when a customer calls up and they say, hey, I want to do test my product, but I only want to test potency. I don't want to test for 
heavy metals or for residual solvents or pesticides or do a full panel test, you know, I look at those customers and I, I know that, you know, their product may not be the cleanest. I mean, I, I know whose product is clean and whose product is not clean, mm-hmm. uh, just based upon, quite frankly, what they order. And, and secondly, what the results are. I mean, the, there are many different large GMP manufacturers, again, that are doing all full panel testing and making sure everything's clean and being good corporate citizens, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the marketplace and being good actors. And then there are plenty of people that are just bad actors. They don't care. They just want to sell product. Yeah. 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 I've, I've you know, I, I think from, from my end, what I've been seeing is, you know, as the prices of Delta eight and all these cannabinoids go down, a lot of these guys that are like fast and furious, let me do this in a garage in a home Depot bucket are, just they're they're going on and moving on to something else because it's it's commodity you know like and and in order to stay in business you got to make good product i i also see now that a lot a lot more states are requiring full panels in order for you to be able to sell these products in your states which you know is 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 what brings the change that we need right yeah it's it's required but they don't have the ability to enforce it and that's that's where it lies the the real rub and by the way everybody's marijuana is the best marijuana and everybody's <laughs> hemp is the best hemp. So everybody will tell you that their product is the best, okay. absolute 100% best. I, I feel like the Wizard of Oz, you know, look behind the curtain over here. I, I can tell you exactly whose product is the best in the marketplace, except I'm not going to yeah. <laughs> verbally say it because yeah. I have, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of clients, tens of thousands of clients and doing so much business across the country that, you know, it's just there are plenty of clients that we ask to go to see to use another laboratory. We we do it all the time. It's just, yeah. we just we just can't deal with you anymore. And and it also there's you know there's a lot of science behind hemp because hemp has become so complicated mm-hmm. with the different variables of hemp. I mean, when it just used to be CBD and then CBG and CBN, it, life was easy and simple. And then with all these derivatives of the product, it's it's really become quite difficult. I mean, I got a call from the from the um, I'm not going to say the state, but the FDA department of a state uh, where they said, you know, did you test this product? I look it up. I go, yeah, I tested the product. And they say, well, how did this Delta eight gummy bear product end up in a hospital gift shop? Uh, being sold. And then one of the people who work in the hospital went to go buy this package of gummy bears, figuring, well, if I get a sugar boost, I'll be able to make it through my shift. And they ate 10 gummy bears. Oh, no. Ended up on an IV in a bed in the hospital. And they're a hospital worker. You know, and this just, just recently happened to me. And it's like, you know, sometimes these products need to be sold in places and labeled properly where somebody knows. I mean, just because it says Delta 8 doesn't mean that people know what Delta 8 is. I mean, you look at a, at a package, you think it's a gummy bear. Yeah. You don't know, you don't know what Delta 8 is. So yeah. where you market, where you sell the product, you know, so that person, you know, are they a good actor that they sold it there or a bad actor? You know, my vote is bad actor. I mean, you have to know where you're selling your product and know what you're selling uh, and the, what, who your audience is. You know, one thing that that really 
bugs me about the the hemp industry on this side since we're on this topic of gummies is the dosage that some brands are putting on in their gummies it's 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 insane no one needs to start off with 250 milligrams of delta 8 in a gummy that's that's crazy <laughs> what's even better is when you go to a show and they're giving away free samples and people yes. think they're just eating a piece of candy and the yep. next thing you know they're sitting in a corner yeah and, and and they don't know how to walk or move or do anything uh -huh. it, you again you have to be a good corporate citizen and you have to be a good actor in this marketplace to know what products you're making who you're selling it to and what mm -hmm. the marketplace is and then you have to be truthful about what your product is yeah. because again i have to keep going back to it because you know thc levels has always been the focus on marijuana mm -hmm. and it really shouldn't be the focus should the focus should be terpenes, flavonoids, to, to know what's in the what is in the product, what kind of CBG, CBN, CBD exactly. mixture, because the cannabinoid uh, mixture of the products is what uh, is what works for each individual person. What works for my body chemistry may not work for your body chemistry. So everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's different and everybody needs something different. But what but nobody needs is to pay top dollar for high level product that's really here because some laboratory decided to pump up their numbers because and some grower or developer or seller or manufacturer, you know, wanted to have a higher number. You know, it's just wrong. It's just it's just wrong. I agree. I, I think that's why on the hemp side, these blends are just blowing up because it's really what works, right? It's it's having the CBG, the CBN, the CBC, the Delta 8, the, uh, you know, Delta 10, the HHC, all of that together is, is what is what gives you that entourage effect, you know, with the terpenes. I, I, I couldn't agree more. On that topic, how hard is it getting to test these blends that have like 10 different cannabinoids in there? Uh, it's not. It's, no. first, it's not hard at all. It's actually easy. Uh, as long as you tell me, as long as somebody tells us what the product is. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's HHC and THCP, we do a test. We have, we do, we have a standard called HHCP and we test for HHCP. If it's Delta eight, that's easy. That's a walk in the park, but we identify it by doing a longer method yep. because the eight and the nine again are right next to each other and uh, in the chromatograms but when you when you have a, a laboratory that's you know that's doing the same test for everything they come out with nothing i mean a perfect a perfect great story is we have a lot of beverage clients we we're really really good at te testing beverages because you need to be able to test nanotechnology and nano emulsions you have to know how to do it mm -hmm. but we have three water companies that we do testing for. One of those water companies, somebody bought their water, sent it to four different laboratories, and then four different laboratories came up with zero, zero cannabinoids in the product, nothing. Because they didn't know how to test beverages. They're our client, I know what's in the product, and they ended up in a lawsuit. And I know what's in the product because they got defamed in, in the media for having a product with no cannabinoids in it when it actually did, because you can't apply the same testing structure mm -hmm. to every product. Mm -hmm. I can't test regular 
11 cannabinoids for, you know, for to be able to test for, you know, THCOA because it won't come up. Mm-hmm. HHC, it won't come up. It'll come up with zero. So when you test for 23 different cannabinoids and you have such a large plethora of, uh, of product, I mean, we, we even used to take tests for HU331. Most people don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a great cannabinoid that's actually good for you mm-hmm. in many different ways. But there are several cannabinoids that are anti-inflammatory, that are anti-carcinogenic, yeah. and flavonoids are something that are really, really great. They're naturally occurring in flour, and, and, they're, and they're, they're in flour, they're in uh, extracts from the flour, and, and they're anti-carcinogenic and anti-inflammatory. Who's testing for flavonoids? I'm the only one testing for flavonoids. And I do a lot of flavonoid testing. And, and a lot of our clients promote the flavonoids and flavonoids and the terpenes and kind of de-promote the THC levels. It's just, it's changing the mindset of, of people that are buying the products. But yeah, we, it's easy for us to test for all different kinds of products. Uh, we had a we had a hemp client that wanted to test for melatonin and theanine, and we developed a test for them to do for melatonin and theanine. Well, you can't just do a regular test for and come up with a result for melatonin and theanine. It took us two weeks, developed a method, and uh, validated and so forth and done it. Now they're testing melatonin and theanine all the time because that's in their product and they want to be able to put it on the label. Do you guys also develop methods for for cannabinoids that you can't buy standards for on like Cayman? We we try not to. Okay. We have in the past, but if there's a certified reference material that's available, it's much easier for us to develop a method and do a validation. So you, you always have to have a standard. You know, if we test for a cannabinoid, if we develop a method for a cannabinoid that we don't have a standard for somebody better promise us a lot of volume uh, because it's a lot of work for us to do that and to be able to do that testing and really almost create a laboratory developed um, um, standard. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. We've got a couple minutes left. So uh, you have anything else to say to the listeners? Yeah. Well, we developed a, um, the first cannabis dispensary and, and the first cannabis laboratory in the, metaverse in Decentraland. It's called Automatic Slims. We did a joint venture with a company called Blockticity, which is a blockchain company, which takes certificates of analysis, puts them on the blockchain so they cannot be altered or changed and makes an NFT for them. And then one puts that on the internet. And now you can go into Automatic Slims and you can get a full education on hemp, on marijuana, and on cannabinoids, and on the process, and the growing process, and the manufacturing process, and so forth. We're also doing podcasts from there. We have some pretty famous people that are doing podcasts, and we have uh, uh, some really cool concerts that are going to be done on the roof uh, of the uh, dispensary and the, and the laboratory. And uh, we got some rock stars that are going to be there that are involved in uh, the cannabis industry. And they're going to be putting on some uh, uh, pretty good events. And, but mostly it's about education uh, so people can actually learn 
what the cannabinoids are, what they do, how they affect you, and also how they can, uh, uh, they can also buy products in the, uh, in the metaverse and Decentraland. And then it, gives, it just gives somebody the ability to be able to learn because education, I think, is the core to this whole industry because most people don't even understand what a cannabinoid is, how it affects you, what it does to your body and, and so forth and how it could be so positive instead of just getting high. I couldn't agree more. I think uh, the, the industry as a whole lacks education and it takes people like us going out there and, and you know, giving people the resources and, you know, answering questions, being transparent. Um, but, you know, I, I, I have thankfully noticed some changes happening on, on, you know, both the cannabis and the hemp side. And, you know, let's continue that. Um, so, uh, Roger, I want to thank you again for taking the time to join us today in the podcast. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening to us and being with us on Potline Bling. You can find all of our episodes on CannabisRadio.com. Please rate the show. Give us five stars. Subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you guys want to find out some more information about ACS Labs, you can go visit them at ACS Lab, ACS Lab Cannabis, right? ACSLabCannabis.com. Just ACSLab.com. Uh, or ACSLab.com. Uh, you can go ahead and Google them and be sure to check out them on the Metaverse. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.